and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 20th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. The National Basketball Association celebrated its top players during All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City, Utah. In the centerpiece event, Team Giannis captained by Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, topped Team LeBron, captained by LeBron James. Final score from Salt Lake City, 184 for Team Giannis, 175 for Team LeBron. Yes, they made some buckets in Salt Lake City. And the man who made the most points was a forward for the Boston Celtics. In fact, he set an all-star game scoring record. The AP's Tom Merriam reports. Jason Tatum scored an NBA all-star game record 55 points to lead Team Giannis to a 184-175 victory over Team LeBron. The Celtics forward scored 27 points in the third quarter, positioning him to eclipse Anthony Davis's record of 52 and win the Kobe Bryant MVP award. I wanted to win MVP. I didn't. I, I didn't think I'd get 55, um, but, you know, that's icing on the cake. The Cavaliers' Donovan Mitchell added 40 points in his return to his former home court in Salt Lake City for Team Giannis. Jason and I have been playing on the same teams or different teams since high school, like whether it's at certain games. So it's one of those things you really got to appreciate. You know, you sit back and watch, and, you know, um, there's a point in time I was like, hey, I need one assist, and that's why I hand the ball back to him, and he ended up shot, shooting it and making it. LeBron and Giannis each sent out most of the game with injuries. Mac McClung, who was in the G League at the start of the week, jumped all the way up to become the NBA slam dunk champion as part of the annual skills competition in Salt Lake City. McClung signed to a two-way contract by the 76ers on Tuesday, scored a perfect 50 on three of his four dunks, including the two in the final against the Pelicans' Trey Murphy III. It's really a blur, to be honest with you. I think probably a lot of stuff's happening on the Internet and everything I haven't checked, but um Really just grateful. I had a lot of help. I think just getting that first dunk down is a lot. Uh, I love the pressure off and the crowd kind of, I heard the crowd kind of for me and uh, that just, that kind of gave me a lot of confidence. A much more established player, the Blazers' Damian Lillard won the three-point shooting competition. As a shooter, I wanted to, to win at least one time, you know, before I was done playing. And, um, you know, that's why I took this one a little more serious. I feel the love, you know. I know that I'm, I'm welcome here. It's a, a second home for me. And, uh, Sometimes that's what it takes, you know, for an experience to to be what it's supposed to be. You know, I feel like this is how it was supposed to happen, and I'm happy that it happened here. I'm Tom Merriam. Voice of America. The Voice of America is once again a proud broadcasting partner of the Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, which tips off its third season on March 11th in Dakar, Senegal. What's your take on BAL Season 3? That's the question Iron Mike Mbonye posed to a co-founder of the nonprofit Basketball Foundation, Giants of Africa, 
Godwin Owenji. My take on the third uh, season of the Africa Basketball League is that it's definitely going to make basketball in the continent continue to rise. It's a big league for us in Africa, definitely. And um, there's so much talent in the continent that at least forces kids to look forward to something to play for. Before the league, kids, they just play basketball and don't look forward to nothing. Most of them look forward to going to the U.S., go to Europe and all that. Now that we have this league, at least, you know, young kids who aspire to play for one of these teams um, every year, which is a good thing with regards to improving the development of the game in the continent. Uh, it's a big plus for every basketball players, players in the continent. Do you think the first two seasons of the league have lived up to expectations in assisting to develop the game in the continent? Uh, it's definitely developing the game of basketball in the continent. It has created a lot of awareness, uh, number one. And also governments and private sectors are beginning to think about building infrastructures now. State-of-the-art, you know, arenas. Because of the success that uh, the first two years has, has brought, you know, the, the facility in Kigali and the facility in uh, Senegal and the facilities in Tunisia and those places, you know, has really opened peop uh, a lot of people's eyes with regards to, you know, getting facilities. You know, Nigeria is thinking about getting a facility like that now. So that's, that is a big plus for us. And uh, in the several countries, you know, the, the skinny is that several countries are trying to be part of uh, the Bar League, you know, because of what is done so far in the first two years. Even players abroad, in, uh, for example, in the United States or Europe, they're beginning to want to come back home to play in the league now. I've, had several calls, you know, from kids that wants wants to go back uh, and play in the bar league. They want me to connect them with somebody in order for them to, uh, you know, to come play in the league. So it has really helped in developing the game. Young kids are, you know, beginning to, like I said in the beginning, beginning to look forward to playing the game now because of the first two years. It has been a huge success. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, anything you start, there's always going to be obstacles. You got to give it at least between five to ten years. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, this league will have a very, very solid ground in the continent and elsewhere. It's definitely helping, you know, to develop the game, you know, across all sectors. Godwin, do you also think that the Basketball Africa League will be an avenue to recruit future NBA players? Of course, yeah, you know, uh, definitely going to be a feeder league to the NBA because of the, the talent, the abundance of talent we have in the continent. Actually, there, there are a couple of kids right now in the NBA Academy in Senegal that are being looked at by a bunch of NBA teams in this year's draft directly from Africa. So, you know, it's definitely going to be, a, in another five to ten years, the, the, the league is definitely going to be a feeder league just like the G League uh, in the U.S. Uh, to the NBA. The one other thing that the league has really, you know, brought to the continent is that, you know, kids are beginning to play the game very young now. You know, it used to be before everyone plays soccer and then when you, when you start growing tall, uh, someone advises you to go play basketball. It's not like that anymore.
And uh, another thing that uh, I want to use this uh, platform to bring awareness to is also is that uh, please parents and you know in the continent parents allow your children to play sports, most especially basketball. Sports and education go hand in hand. You know there's so many things that sports can bring to a kid's life. Uh, sports can open a lot of doors for, for for you know for you. You travel the world, you meet new people, network. You know, get a great job. You know, so many things. You know, so please, parents, allow your kids to play sports very young, at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten. Let them go out there and play. It actually improves, you know, the the lifespan of uh, human being. Play, you know, being active. So yeah, definitely. Uh, to answer the question again, it's definitely going to be a feeder league, and uh, you, I won't I won't be surprised if a kid gets drafted from Africa this year or next year. Because the kids they have, the kids the NBA has and in, in, in the academy in Senegal, you know, they, they are very, very good. And I've seen, I've seen them, you know, I'm a scout myself with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So uh, there's a couple of kids on, on, on that academy that we are looking at. That's Godwin Owinji, a co-founder of the Giants of Africa Foundation. And Godwin spoke with Iron Mike and Bonnier on the telephone from New York City. Sporty greetings. This is Godwin Owinji, co-founder of Giants of Africa, international scout with the Brooklyn Nets. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The body of Ghana's international footballer, Christian Atsu, arrived in the capital, Accra, on Sunday evening after it was flown from Turkey. The 31-year-old Atsu died in the devastating earthquake that hit Turkey and Syria. Christian Atsu was based in Turkey with the club Hatay Spor. Search teams recovered his body in the ruins of a 12-story building where he had been living. Ghana's vice president, Mohamedou Bawumia, and a large military procession met Atsu's coffin on arrival in Accra. Vice President Bawumia said, and I quote, Atsu played for the Black Stars, and he was much loved, and we will sorely miss him. I would like to extend my condolences to all Ghanaians. It is a painful loss. For more reaction... Douglas Mpuga spoke with a journalist for TV3 in Accra, Kevin Owusu Ansa. Well, I think it, it's been a mixed uh, reaction uh, in here in Accra. It's, it's, it's a bit of sadness and a greater grief, especially for those who were close to him. Uh, for all those who were not close to him, it's um, heartbreaking news because of this good self. You know, you never had any bad issues around him. You never had any bad reportage around Christian Achu and for the brilliance that he was, especially for the national team, for the period that he played for Ghana until he decided to stay off uh, national duties. A lot a lot have been grieving. You go through the entire shows throughout the country and it's all been a, about Christian Achu, celebrating him, eulogizing him in sadness and grief. Um, you go to social media and it's all, all almost every post, uh, every 10 posts has eight of them being around Christian actually WhatsApp status as you, you look at it and it's, it's arguably being the same thing for even people 
who did not know him but come to realize that this was someone who was benevolent towards the society. It's been a, a, a downcast moment uh, for everyone in Ghana. Yeah, as you say, even those who didn't know him personally knew him at least as a, a national football team player, so, and he must have had several fans. They must be uh, really disheartened. Well, they are very much disheartened, and especially for those who have come to read about him, especially when uh, in the last nine days uh, when the incident happened, and then a lot of reports have been going around, circulating around Christian Achu and who he was, who he is. And I think I had an interview with him back in 2021, um, about 32 or 35 minutes, um, talking about his life um, and what he had to do, his career and everything. And people just went on to look at the video and you you, you just look at the comments, um, you read the comments that were being poured out and it clearly tells you that in as much as he wasn't too much in the public eye, at least the little that he's done, his self-esteem, his, his personality appeals so much to each and everyone, especially getting to know that he was someone who was helping the needy, the afflicted, and then the sick. Um, it, 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 he's become more like a national hero, even when he wasn't celebrated uh, during uh, his lifetime playing football and then living his life. Uh, here in Ghana and then uh, abroad as a professional footballer. So it's been been a very difficult moment for everyone who has come close to this news, even for those who may seem indifferent about footballers um, dying and then um, even some who have been so much celebrated on the continent and even in Ghana here, Atu's case has become a different one and more like a legacy that is going to be celebrated That's Kevin Awusu Ansa, a journalist for TV3 in Accra, Ghana. And he spoke with Douglas Mpuga. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Samson Omale joins us now with more African football news. In Egypt, the CAF on the Trinity Africa Cup of Nations got on the way on Sunday. The young Oz members of Mozambique held host Egypt to a goalless stalemate in the opening match, while the young Taranga Lions of Senegal edged Nigeria 1-0 to occupy top sport in Group A. Monday's matches will see Uganda squaring up against the Central African Republic, while South Sudan will play Congo. In women's football, Super Falcons of Nigeria were handed their second defeat at the Revelation Cup four-nation invitational tournament in Mexico on Saturday by Colombia. The former African champions were beaten 1-0 in Lyon. This defeat made it seven straight losses to the Nigerian senior women national team. The one-week invitational tournament, which started on Wednesday, serves as a part of the Super Falcons' preparations for the 2023 Women's World Cup campaign in July. Super Falcons head coach Randy Wardrum said he was disappointed with his attackers. And I thought we were better today uh, than we were against Mexico in the first game. I thought the team was a little bit more settled. I was a little bit um, disappointed in our final third in the attack. I thought we were very uh, playing very much around the perimeter and we weren't connecting. And I thought we could have created a lot more problems if we would have gotten more service in from those areas in the box because we're so good in the air. Uh, But there's still much work to be done. 
Nigeria's last game of the Invitational Tournament is against Costa Rica on Wednesday. Staying with football news, the newly appointed chairperson of the South African Football Association National Referees Committee, Victor Gomez, is set to bring innovation and consolidate on international standards, regarded as the beacon of refereeing on the African continent after his exploits in the World Cup in Qatar, Gomez announced his retirement from refereeing to the shock of many. One key area Gomez is hoping he can add value to the National Referees Committee of South Africa is in the training and introduction of the VAR. So just to give some, some, some meat to the VAR question, there are timelines, referees need to be trained, there need to be hours and stuff, so I'm very glad that the CEO did not to commit to a timeline. We will then discuss those timelines and then we can come back to that. In athletics, Jacob Kiplimo of Uganda beats the 5,000 meters and 10,000 meters world record holder Joshua Chipchagei to win the World Cross Country title on Saturday at the World Cross Country Championships in Bathurst, Australia. Uganda's Kiplimo clocked 29 minutes 17 seconds around the 10-kilometer long course at Mount Panorama in Bathurst, northwest of Sydney, better known as one of the world's most challenging motor racing courses. He crossed nine seconds clear of his Ethiopia's Behu Arigwai with fellow Ugandan Chiptegi taking bronze. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. Thanks, Samson. Two world records were set in athletics over the weekend by athletes competing in their home countries. Two-time Olympic champion Ryan Krauser of the USA set a new world record in the men's shot put. With a distance of 23 meters, 38, Ryan was competing at a meet in the U.S. state of Idaho. And Dutch athlete Femke Bull set a new women's world indoor 400 meters record, clocking 49.26 seconds at the Dutch indoor championships. Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Femke Bull and Ryan Krauser, World record setters over the weekend. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta joins us once again with a look at the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. And Prince says he's kicking off with the Gunners of Arsenal. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. 
English footballer of Nigerian descent Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Joginho and Emiliano Martinez on goal ensured Arsenal snatched a dramatic 4-2 win against Aston Villa at Villa Park. The result moves the Gunners to two points clear the top of the Premier League table ahead of Manchester City. Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta assessed his team's performance. We showed a lot of characters resilient to get back twice on the game and, and end up winning it and we have to take some lessons from today because especially in the first half we didn't do all the simple things right and then um, you give them the chance to score those two goals in, in a really simple way but we talked at half time, if we raise individual standards and start to do everywhere what they have to do, we're going to win this game and they went out which is difficult and, and win it That's Arsenal manager Mikael Ateta sharing thoughts on his team's victory against Aston Villa in the Premier League the gainers of a trip to Leicester City this coming Saturday, while Villa set to face Everton in another mouth-watering clash. England striker Marcus Rashford scored twice as Manchester United beat Leicester City 3-0 at Old Trafford. The 25-year-old has now scored 16 goals in 17 games for the Red Devils since the World Cup. Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag shared his thoughts on the match. Leicester is a great team. And they played really well. They made it really tough for us. Uh, was also, of course, um, by us. Uh, we didn't follow the rules, the principles of our game, uh, from our way of play. And then you get punished, and we are you know, lucky. And it's only by David de Gea that we don't concede the goal. He is Leicester City's tactician, Brendan Rogers' assessment of his team's performance. First half and, and first 20, 25 minutes, we started the game well. The game makes a great save, but we looked a threat and penetrated the game well. We're disappointed with the first goal. It's it's a simple, we lose possession of the ball, and you do that, and I think Marcus first chance of the game, and he and he finishes. So that quality, you know, was um, was there from him. But we still go into at half time and thinking if we can look after the ball a little bit better and arrive into the final third of the pitch, we can create more chances, which we did do in the first half. But we never really got started second half we didn't keep the ball and in the two goals we consider disappointing that's Leicester City manager Brendan Rodgers sharing his thoughts on his team's loss against Manchester United in the Premier League Chris Wood says let goal cancelled out Bernardo Silva's first half strike a second place Manchester City and the one all draw against Nottingham Forest City manager Pep Guardiola shared thoughts on his team's performance a really, really good game, except the goal that we defend without uh, commitment, our central defenders. But uh, yeah, it was a really, really good game. So we did everything. We played perfect. We had an amazing chances. We were going to see the game. We could not believe it, but it's football. You have to score. So we didn't do it, and that's why we dropped. That's Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola assessing his team's performance against Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. Goals from Dutch winger of Ghanaian descent Cody Gakpo and Darwin Nunes helped 8th place Liverpool secure a 2-0 win over Newcastle United. The Reds moved to within 6 points of 5th place Newcastle, who only have one win in their last 7 Premier League games. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp assessed his team's performance. Against 10 men for that long time, of course, you could create more, you could um, um, score more. 
Um, but we lost in that moment a little bit of momentum, didn't get it 100% back and um, left the door open for, for, for Newcastle. And when you create or course that many set pieces, then you are not outnumbered. It's actually not important how many players you, you have in that moment because five, six players are enough um, to be a proper threat. So um, it made it difficult, but um, I'm really, I'm really happy. It's not that I thought that everybody could see it. It was not a perfect performance, but the goals we scored were perfect. That's Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp sharing thoughts on his team's performance against Newcastle United in the Premier League. Second half goal from Emerson Royal in Song Hing Min and Shua Tottenham and the 2 0 win against West Ham United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs are 42 points from 24 games, while West Ham are in 18 through 20 points from 23 matches, a point below the safety zone. Spurs assistant manager Christian Stellini assessed his team's performance. I'm very glad to see this type of performance because we need and uh, we deserve to play a game like this. It was an important game in, a, in an important moment because uh, with a win we can reach again uh, the fourth place. It's important now to be consistent in this type of performance. We have a week to work again uh, to recover and work to perform as well uh, in the next uh, 20 days. Then Tottenham assistant manager Christian Cellini sharing thoughts on his team's performance against West Ham in the Premier League. And moving on to the French League, French star of Cameroonian descent, Kylian Mbappe, seven-time Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi and Brazilian superstar Neymar all registered their names in the score sheet as Paris Saint-Germain secured a 4-3 win against Lille. The Parisians are now five points clear at the top of the French League table, ahead of second-place Marseille, who secured a 3-2 win against Toulouse thanks to goals from DR Congolese defender Chancel Mbemba Anguli, Sengiz Onda and Nuno Tavares. Reporting for the sunny side of sports, I'm Prince Nesta. Thanks, Prince. We'll hear again now from Kevin Owusu-Ansa, a sportscaster at TV3 in Accra, who spoke with VOA's Yaheis Wuhib with an update on Christian Atsu's remains arriving in Ghana. On Sunday, um, 7.30 p.m. Ghana time, his mortal remains was brought back to Ghana with, um, alongside um, his twin sister and then his elder brother, who are accompanied by Ghana's ambassador to Turkey, Honorable Francis Kashi Tordentong, in a Turkish air flight. It was welcome. He was welcomed by a high-power delegation led by the Vice President of Ghana, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, as well as the Minister of Information, Kajopon Kumar, and then um, there was one other member of um, the team that is the Deputy Minister of Sport, um, Honorable Ivan Sopokububie, the family of Christian Achu, that is his extended family here, as well as some supporters from the Ghana Supporters Union and the media to receive his body. A short ceremony of prayer uh, was um, held um, by the Islamic uh, and as well as the Christian community before the military had to file past the body and then put back into the ambulance. A short speech of the vice president uh, commending that is the military uh, for their efforts and also promising that Christian choose final funeral rites and burial will be taken care of by the state and then they are going to provide every support as he finally expresses condolences. Also, the Ghana Football Association was duly represented by the General Secretary 
Prosper Harris and Ado, who also expressed his condolences, and that declare that they will provide all the needed support to make sure that uh, Christian Achu has a very sound uh, rest uh, with his final funeral being well taken care of. And uh, Kevin uh, Atsu represented his country 65 times, helping the Black Stars reach the 2015 Africa Cup of the Nations final. What What is the feeling of the people right now? Can you actually uh, express to us how the people are feeling? It's been It's been a very sorrowful moment. It's, it's, it's a state of grief, a state of mourning for every single person uh, who gets to know that Christian Achu did more than he just provided on the pitch. On the pitch, he was one of the excellent players to have ever represented the nation. He, he, he just touched the hearts of many to the point that anyone who has come to uh, terms with knowing that Christian Achu died from this unfortunate earthquake in Turkey um, is grieving with uh, the entire nation and the family of Christian Achu. So every single person, not even a single soul, would you hear a negative comment or disregard for uh, the morning of Achu in the right way. And, and, and lastly, when is the burial ceremony and where is it going to be? Well, as it stands now, uh, the government has allowed the family to go sit home, deliberate and then finalize the day and then uh, the date and then the venue where they would want to hold the final funeral rites uh, for uh, Christian Achu, traditionally in the Ghanaian community, regardless wherever you come from, the family has the sole right to decide when they would want to hold the final funeral rite. So the government has left it to the family to decide and then relay the information through the Ghana Football Association and the Ministry of Sports. And once that is confirmed, the government will just make a public announcement so that um, they will take charge of the final funeral rite and make it known to the public where and when Christian Achu would be finally later. That's Kevin Owusu Ansa, a sportscaster at TV3 in Accra, Ghana. And Kevin spoke with VOA's Yeheus Wuhib. And that wraps up the February 20th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. 